right. Well, welcome back to another re-education experience podcast with me, your host again, Darren Langill. Today, I have a great friend of mine as a guest. You don't have to just listen to me this time. Uh, his name is Eric Crumbaker. Uh, Eric and I go back, I don't know how many years now, but I think in this eight range, about eight years, I think, when eight we think nine. back yeah. to it. Eight or nine. Um, and he is, maybe his title's changed, but we'll call him CEO slash partner uh, of CG Realtors Group with Cal American Realty down in the Claremont, California area. So um, welcome to the show, my friend. And then please let me know what I messed up on that little intro. Uh, everything was great. Uh, again, thank you for having me on your show today. Uh, awesome. But you nailed it all. Yeah. Perfect. Well, yeah, I know things change with us, right? We call ourselves different things all the time. That's all the time. <laughs> Eric and I met back uh, when I joined uh, the Tom Ferry coaching world and he was already in it. I don't know how many years you were there prior to us. That was June 2013. Um, and him and I were in this little room of 80 people when Tom Ferry himself was in just about to go through a deflection, an inflection point in his business, right, where he blew up. Um, so him and I met way back then in Chicago. It was my very first coaching event. Do you remember that? I was going to say, was this Chicago? Mm -hmm. Wow. That was your first event. That was your first event because if I can remember, Tom called you out. He was like, yeah, did. this is Darren. Yes. Yeah. He tries to make an impression early, right? And gets you feeling the warm and fuzzy. He does. He does. He does. <laughs> Smart. Awesome. Well, so you've been in, and how long have you been in the business now? Uh, total. Uh, I joined, I joined real estate, uh, in 2011. So just, uh, hitting about 10 years. There you go. Awesome. So, and then your wife is in the business and you guys met in the coaching world uh, and she runs a, she's separate from you from a business perspective, maybe a good thing. Um, and she, she runs in Santa Monica mostly, I believe just down. I, mean, I don't know how far apart those two markets are. Our markets are about an hour away from each other. Uh, she runs actually the whole West side uh, of uh, uh, LA, uh, not just Santa Monica, like Brentwood, uh, Beverly Hills, like that whole corridor. Uh, and yeah, we met at Tom Ferry. Uh, I mean, you're very close with her as well. And uh, it's funny the the people you met through uh, different networks and uh, to watch each other grow. So yeah, and we got married. So uh, it's funny how the things turn out. Totally. So you're, I mean, give me a little breakdown of like the team that you're running now, because you've gone through some evolutions along the journey. What is CG Realtors all about? And just give the audience a bit of context. So <clears throat> CG Realtors, uh, we've been through a lot of adversities. Uh, I mean, we started out as just really, I mean, you want me to go through the history? Sure. Just yeah, really bring quick. us through a little and then just where quick, we are today. You, and... Yeah, quick history. Start out with just my parents and I, my grandparents before uh, they owned a brokerage and my mom got into it and it was just her, my stepfather. Uh, I got into it around 2011 and uh, it was just three of us and we hired an assistant. And then from there, we kind of grew and we wanted to create a team and we created a team really quickly, uh, really fast, ended up imploding on itself. Uh, I think we had 21 people on the team at that time, uh, then imploded all the way back down to four or five. And uh, we ran four or five people on the team for about two or three years and slowly built out more of an organic type team, um, a team that we really can, uh, uh, what can I say, uh, 
feel, feel connected to, you know, the team before was just a lot of people, um, a lot of different personalities, and we were just quickly trying to do business. Now our team is more uh, family oriented, uh, friend oriented. Uh, we work with each other, we win with each other, we lose with each other, we're always helping each other. So it's just a different environment from when we started to where we're at now. Um, but right now we're at our healthiest that we've ever been. And it's just uh, very grateful uh, to be in this position. Awesome. And your role has changed along the way, right? You went from the guy, I remember back in the day, you were crushing door knocking and you were the one going hard and doing a ton of opens. And then your role is more of the kind of the strategic leader, I think, of, of, of the company. Or are you back in selling again? Maybe tell me where you're at now personally. You know, I'm kind of a bit of a hybrid. I'm more of the mentor and the team coach of everyone right now. I do take on a few deals, but for the most part, I refer them off to uh, agents on the team. Uh, yeah, my role has changed. You know, when you first started in, in this business, you're grinding, you know, like I, I just had our team meeting yesterday and we have three new agents on the team and they're working, they're working hard. They're, they're writing offers, they're doing things. Uh, but you know, yesterday I was just talking to them about, you know, what it took to get us to where we're at today and how hard we worked. And my sister kind of got up cause she's also a partner with me. And we were just talking about doing open houses, you know, every single weekend for an entire year, you know, just grinding and then we we're not doing open houses we were door knocking and just that you know back then we hated it so much but it, things were working so well but it's nice to look back and you know really kind of put gratitude to the kind of the things that got you there so now what i'm doing is i'm just trying to teach and educate the people on our team kind of the practices that we did that got us to where we are today and uh you know i just feel in real estate nobody wants to share their their, their book of you know tools and tactics uh, so it's nice that we have a, a place where people can come and learn. And, you know, it's, it's been, it's been nice. You know, I mean, you bring up a ton of rabbit holes I could go down there because you and I have been through a very similar journey, but that, that one mention you had there about going back through what you did to get where you are, I find as a coach in my world, um, when I suggest the effort that you and I put in, in those days, the face you get back from the other side is it, it, it almost it's in disbelief that that's really what you had to do. And yet somehow you and I were pushed over the hedge to just do it. And we did it and we did it for years and we got us somewhere, right? Some version of success. Why do you think that is for when you're doing that? Like I am and you're like that, that it's almost hard to coach to that, that level of effort. You know, it's a really good question. And I think people like you and I and other team coaches and teams and people around the world battle this every single day. Uh, I, I don't think there's necessarily uh, any one thing that you could pinpoint on it. Um, I just feel that people don't know what they don't know. And people don't know what the hard work actually feels like or what it really is until they actually start doing it. And I think we, you know, I had this meeting the other day with my team, you know, I love the guy, you know, Tom Tolan, I bring up other people that are just crushing it, you know, and I, I always tell my team, you know, there's nothing special about these people, you know, they're not, you know, Superman didn't come down and give them some superpower where they were able to just conquer the market and be the best agents. Like you should meet these people in real life. You know, they're just normal people. And I said, what separates them is I think we were all just dumb enough in the beginning to just put hard work in, you know, we didn't know what the outcome was going to be. We didn't know we were going to make a lot of money. We didn't know we were going to create, you know, enterprises and brokerages and 
bigger teams. Like that was never really, you know, it's what you have is your North star, but I mean, we just, I think dumbly jumped into this and just worked hard. And I think you look back when you work really hard, like I said, when you did an open house every single weekend for an entire year and you look back and you've got 45 deals under your, under your belt and you're like, wait a second, maybe there's something to this. And then you start breaking things down and you start, you know, adapting and growing. And I, I think that a lot of people just blindly go into things. They put their thoughts into it first and that scares a lot of people. Yeah, you get your, you get that. I and mean, what does Tom say often? He's like, your mind's a scary place, right? But it is oh. the place that's just going to stop you over and over again, rather than just get out there and freaking do it. Um, and, uh, but then you have those flip side conversations, right? Where you say that. And then the next week your, your agent comes into your office and they just did it. They went and did it. And all of a sudden they've got three leads and a CMA on the go. And then uh, blank, blank, blank. And you're like, Oh, right. Like, it's just like, victory. that's where it goes. Yeah. Victory. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's such a fun journey. Tell me about growing the team. And some of the things that you learned, this, I mean, team still is a buzzword out there, especially with other evolutions of brands that have been doing some fun yeah. things in our industry. Team continues to be there. Um, and I know we've seen the whole cycle and you and I ran the whole cycle. Our buddies have ran the cycle. Some are still trying to do it and some are evolved. I mean, yeah. can you think of one or two things that you would tell any aspiring team leader to say, think about this first, <laughs> right? Anything that comes to mind from what you've gone through? I, you know, I, it's not even really a couple for me. It's really just one. It's people. It, it just comes down to people. You know, the right people are really hard to find, but if you find the right people, you keep them. And uh, it's not just people that work hard or people who are really smart and intelligent. It's people that work well with you, people that adapt well with you, people that are online with the same vision that you want and we'll win together and lose together and i think that was my biggest mistake in the past so that's why i gravitate towards that so much is because at one point i was just hiring people and then at the end where i am now i mean i'm vetting people i mean i used to hear stories back in the day like you need to interview someone 17 times before you actually hire them and i thought that was just like fool's gold you know like i couldn't even get someone to interview 17 times before they took another job you know, I mean, let's just be honest. Um, but, you know, I do a, a quite a bit of vetting these days and I really research the candidates and I let them meet the team and I let the team interview them. And I, I really make sure it works out for both of them. And, you know, the when I hire, I give clauses, you know, to get, let people go if they want to go. You know, I don't want people to feel that they're stuck with me. Um, so I feel like the people is one of them and uh, maybe just mindset because, you know, you know, like you mentioned earlier, when you mentioned something big or big goals or hard work, you know, you usually come with a daunting type face. And I think what keeps people going is having to have a team or a group of people that can, you know, the way we do is, you know, we have gratefuls every single morning, you know, like really push that mental side of the game because I mean, we're hitting failure, what, 95 times, 95% before we actually like hit greatness or a victory. So, I mean, really those two aspects, I think are really strong in the real estate world on the team play. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that. I mean, I know you're big on culture, like we are at Redline and we, and we mimic different, similar things, just doing it differently. I think you and I both got caught up in ego. Um, I think you and I just wanted bigger, thought that was better. Right. I mean, you went through that, you went boom, 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 and you were building, building. And, and uh, I got caught up in this whole thing that I thought I needed to be this many agents, this many that. 
And as good as my systems were and maybe my value prop, uh, I think that took me down that path of uh, that I looked beyond what I was really trying to build and just because I felt that was the thing to do. And it really caught me too. I had the same ride as you. We went up to 13 and floated down to to nine overnights. And then I wished really it was probably half the size of that, you know, after going through something like that. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. That's interesting. Well, interesting. <laughs> um, we talk about um, uh, coaching just a little bit there, right? I mean, what got you into it originally? Why, why did you jump into the coaching world? I'll make this a quick story. Uh, I was actually an assistant for my parents. I was their transaction coordinator. That's how I actually got into the business. Okay. Uh, my mom was really just doing one deal a month uh, just to survive because this is in the middle of the recession. Uh, that I kind of started working in real estate and our title reps uh, came in my office one day and handed me a ticket to Tom Ferry. Uh, they put it on my desk and they said, hey, there's an event next week. We bought you this ticket to go. And my initial response is I looked at them very nicely and I said, hey, I appreciate this, but I don't need this right now. This is not anything on my radar. I don't never had coaching in my life other than like a soccer coach or like an athletic coach. Uh, and I said, no, no, I appreciate that. And she looked at me with the most stern eyes. I'll never forget it the way she looked at me. She said, Eric, I'm not asking you to go. We've just paid a lot of money for you to go. You're going. And this is not my mom. This is a title rep. Uh, and I, she's also a friend of my parents at the same time. But I went down to coaching because I, a ticket was purchased for me. And I sat in the back and I had a rinky dinky car. Um, all these like Mercedes and BMWs are in front of me. So I really feel out of, out of water, out of my element, so insecure. And, uh, you're not, I don't know if I ever told you the story sitting, sitting in the back, Tom's talking and I'm crying. I'm crying, Darren, uh, in the back. And I was just so moved by the guy. Cause you know how he can get, you know what I mean? Like the first time you hear the guy speak and I just got into real estate and like the guy was to me like, so again, how I mentioned before, just dumb things that we did because we didn't know. I was dumb enough to walk up to the guy at the break. This is before he was famous, before like, you know, there was a line to see the guy. Uh, so I was able to just walk right up to him and I introduced myself and he's like looking at me like, who is this young guy? And I said, I want to join. I want to, I want you as my coach. Uh, and he looked at me and he laughed and he said, come with me. And he walked me down to the back. I met his wife, Kathy, and they hooked me up with a sheet and I went back and between you and I, I couldn't afford coaching. Uh, I went, I told my parents, I was like, Hey, let's get into coaching. And they said, no, we, we can't afford it right now. So I went down to my broker downstairs and I asked him to get me into coaching to help pay. And I'll never forget this one. He said to me, he said, Eric, I can't just pay for you to have coaching because in my experience, when I pay for someone to do it, when I pay for someone up front, I don't ever get the return back as opposed to if they have skin in the game, then they tend to follow out what they started. And uh, so he said he'll match me half for six months. And uh, he matched me half for six months. And literally, the rest is history, man. It's, it's a crazy story. That's awesome, man. That's, I mean, that, that's great. I never do that context. But uh, I mean you know, he's, you know, when we've been in those rooms, he speaks to these situations where people join off the last few bucks on their credit card. And, and, and it, you know, I mean, and, and it's, and it's funny, I've spoken to this a lot. It's, it's not always that the message from that coach is like the most completely revolutionary item, right, that you have every week. It's that you're investing 
you're holding yourself accountable and there's somebody there to kind of just keep pulling you to some degree. And I'm sure you're doing that with your agents now and you're acting like as their coach and it's that cadence that keeps them moving the needle just a little bit. And do you find that that, you know, your version of being Tom in your group is a big part of why these agents continue to evolve and get better? I couldn't, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I'm very lucky. Uh, I'm lucky that I was dumb enough to go to a Tom Ferry event and sign up with no money and just do the things that he told me to do. You know, like I said, you have to be dumb, smart. You know, you just have to do some, just do the work sometimes. And uh, that's exactly what I did. I followed with the coach. You know, lucky enough, I got Debbie Holloway as a coach that first time. And, uh, you know, I, she just told us to do certain things that we weren't doing. And we just started to do them. Right. Small little things, small little things over a long period of time. It was great. Yeah. And it's just little things, right? It's like knock that many doors, call this many people, not build the most revolutionary competitor to Zillow. Like it's not that, right? It's, it's the simple things that, uh, that we coach to. <laughs> Tell me what's going on in your social media world right now, right? Such a big thing. It continues to change. You and Carrie do a ton on it. Uh, I'd love to know like what you find are some of like the hit items right now that's kind of working and, you know, maybe, maybe he's driving better engagement or, I mean, just give me a little thing about what's working down in Southern California in social media, since we're all stuck on our phones. And, and again, as realtors, uh, our, our whole lives are on these damn things. So isn't that the truth? Well, first and foremost, I, I always start off and people ask me about social media, um, I use social media differently than I would assume most agents use it for, what they think they want to use it for. Um, I use social media for myself, and I also use it for my business. But I don't actually expect business from my social media. Uh, I use my social media as if you were driving down the street and you saw a billboard on the side of the road. Uh, it's just awareness. Uh, I'm not looking for people to see an ad or see my uh, new listing or new buyer sell and say, hey, we're looking to sell or we're looking to buy, you know, I mean, as much as I would love to have that, that's not what I use my social media for. But what I use it for is to keep my sphere of influence and the people around me engaged with what I'm doing in my life, with the business that I'm doing. And when I can portray that we're doing really well, we're selling homes at a very fast rate and that uh, we give some really great stories of uh, the adversity that some of our clients have gone through that we've had to fight for to get deals closed, especially in this market, uh, especially when there's like 30 offers, 20 offers, 15 offers. Uh, there's a lot of things that you have to deal with. And uh, so when you, when you have that, it really works out well for you. Yeah, it's that storytell, right? I know, and you, I love that you said that because many people just think social media, I gotta get techie, I gotta get super cool, I gotta get on my paid ads, I gotta retarget, I gotta do all these things, but it's, it is the final landing had, I believe, for our sphere and our database. Like that's the holy grail. If we can get everybody we ever meet down to that channel, one of our channels where we can then portray our life in which involves real, real estate and you stay top of mind, right? It used to be maybe it's your email list or maybe it's your database. But to me, I think it's one step deeper. It's, it's your social media landing pad is the mother. It's, it's the holy grail is get them there, do that well, and the rest kind of take care of itself and you never have to ask for business. Yeah, it really does. You know, uh, I think when I first got into real estate, a lot of people always talked to me. A lot of coaches used to talk to me about uh, trying to find uh, the right client for you. How do you attract the right clients? And 
I didn't really understand what that meant. But through just being very real on my social media and being authentic and putting things about my life and places I've gone and things that I eat and, you know, just I, I, I try to put a lot of good because I feel like I'm a good individual. I try to do good and, you know, I don't try to do anything bad. So I feel like I'm attracting to that type of audience. So when people are reaching out to me, you know, I had a, a friend of mine. Uh, I wouldn't even say a friend, an acquaintance I went to high school with. Uh, he reached out to me, the CHP officer. And he just reached out to me in a DM and said, hey, I've been watching your stuff for a very long time and we're selling and we're moving up north to Truckee. Uh, it's Northern California. And I just want to associate somebody that's like me. And that was one of the first times I ever got a message like that. Um, so that just kind of solidified that what I'm doing on social media is working. And again, you know, like when I get stuff like that, that's just icing on the cake. I'm not looking for that lead. I'm not looking for that connection. I'm just trying to be me. And I think by that, I'm magnifying the right amount of people to come towards what they're, what they're ultimately looking for. Yeah. And then there's all the people that reach out to you and didn't say that they've been following you and been watching you, but they have. And yeah. they're just coming to you and they're giving you that phone call and they'll never hear that it's because they keep watching you. It's, just, it's actually why they remember you, right? Yes. For the most part. Love it. What, um, I mean, you and I have been in this business a while, right? What's inspiring you right now? We're kind of, you guys are winding out of COVID a lot quicker than us here in Canada. Things are opening up. You got open houses coming, going, but it's been a grind through all of this. And now you guys are in a crazy market, crazier than us. I mean, what's inspiring you as a leader in this business to just keep, I call it, I, I say creating this gap between me and the rest all the time. Like I always like put these like artificial gates to say, I'm going to keep going. And I'm excited because I'm, there's a few more people that have fallen down behind me, right? I'm going to keep pushing ahead. You and I are in a, in a, in a, in a highly type, uh, like a D type of mindset. We always want to go. What's keeping you going right now? What's inspiring you to go to the next level of your career um, coming out of all this craziness? So this is the truth. This is the honest truth. Uh, I thrive on turmoil. Uh, I thrive when things are volatile. Uh, when things are vanilla skies, when everything's working well in the world, I tend to kind of daze off a little bit and I kind of slack off. But when things are either really hot or really bad, that's when I tend to turn on. Uh, in, in, in other terms, like, for example, in, in sports world, like the, the playoffs or overtime, you know, that's when I really turn on and I really feel that, that next gear come into play. And sometimes I can't get that gear to come into play when it's vanilla skies, but every single time it's turmoil, oh, you, you, you can better believe that next gear gets hit just automatically. So I have a lot driving me right now, Darren. Uh, the market, you know, it, it's been hot this whole year. And uh, I think we all can, you know, agree upon that. And we don't know what the black swan is. We don't know what's ahead of us. But what we do know is right now is a really good time for a lot of buyers and sellers. It works out for both parties right now. It's actually a perfect storm. You know, you got low interest rates for the buyers. They have, you know, they can buy at a higher rate. Uh, sellers are getting the price they want. Uh, so, I mean, it, it really is a good, it's a good atmosphere. And what's driving me is the fact that we don't know what the future holds. And, you know, I, I think eventually, you know, you know, the one beautiful thing about real estate is we wake up every day jobless. And uh, if you've lived through the recession or you live through hard times, you know that when it's good, you need to do as much as you can during the time that you have. And when it's bad, you need to bust triple time to make yourself even 
so right now I'm just what's driving me is market conditions. Uh, I know that right now, currently today on May 19th, you know, there's going to be a slight inventory increase for us. And we're just starting open houses and you can now farm again. So I'm just tactically really engaged with my team, really pumping them up, especially the new ones who haven't had open houses for an entire year. So they don't even know how to strategize one. Uh, so a lot of the things that we used to do back before COVID that we're not allowed to do, I'm really pumped up for. And like you said, this is the time that you can really jump ahead. You can leapfrog ahead if you do it right. Just like 2011 and 12, you could have leapfrogged then. And then 13 and 14, you could have leapfrogged then. And then right now is one of those times again that if you put the work in, you easily can leapfrog three or four. Yeah, I mean, I, I love you say that because this is the time when, I mean, all tides rise with, or all boats rise with the tide. So everybody right now is feeling like real estate's coming. The conversations are easier. They're just naturally happening at the water cooler. But that means everybody's getting fucking lazy, right? They're getting so lazy. The most people that we're competing with out there will just take what's coming because it's actually coming right now. But the ones like yourself that are saying, no, 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 this is go time. It does, it's not winter, right? It's not bad. It's incredible. Let me go figure out a way to go and build that wedge. Let me go harder. Cause I, I always create these like these like almost like artificial gates coming ahead of me. Create urgency so I can just push like hell. Cause you know we can't sprint forever, right? But I do enjoy sprinting from time to get time at a time. And then when you do that in a time like today. Um, it's kind of like, you know what I mean? And, and you're a formula one guy, right? You're mm -hmm. going around the curves and it's hard to pass on the curve, mm -hmm. right? It takes more energy, more effort, which is what you're putting in. But then the moment you do that, when you hit the straightaway, you just whip past everybody, right? Because everybody else kind of just coasted around that corner mm -hmm. and you put on the pedal and off you go. And I, and I love it, man. I love that. I get tingles when I think about that. Same. <laughs> Awesome. Who, um, who is inspiring you right now? Like who, who are you following? Who are some of the people that are keeping your mindset right? Um, you know, that are just like, I'm watching this and this, and there's people out there that you, you're a book reader, you're a podcast guy like myself. I mean, what is it that's, that's pulling you ahead to you're looking ahead right now? So it's a good question. Uh, this is a really odd thing, but I've never really been a Twitter guy ever. Uh, I've had an account since 2012 because when you when you open your account, it says when you joined. Uh, but in the last six months, I've been consumed by Twitter, just only really only because I'm looking for sediment for where our economy, where our markets are going, because that trickles down and to a leading indicator to our lagging indicator, which is real estate. So I'm always trying to keep an eye on the trend of what's happening. So I've actually been on Zillow. I mean, on uh, Twitter a lot. And the reason why I'm on Twitter, because news comes out on Twitter first, and then that it starts affecting the markets. So I've really been trying to be the first on the news side, trying to understand things as they're happening. Um, a lot of the things that I'm watching right now are economists and people that are related to different stock markets and not necessarily related to real estate, because I'm looking for the, the leading indicator of what's going to hit our market next. Um, if it comes on the real estate side, you know, I'm an OG. You know, I love Gary V. I'm a Gary V guy down to the down to the core. You know, I, I love who he speaks to. I love what he speaks about. Uh, I love his books. Um, I try to live my life on people like that. Um, you know, uh, believe it or not, Tom Ferry. Uh, 
the guy moved to Dallas and just the way he's maneuvering his business right now, you know, I'm, I'm really keeping an eye on. Um, so like a lot of things under the radar that I'm watching, not necessarily what he's saying, just the way he's running his business. I'm doing more of a high level following, not necessarily like what's moving real estate or not, not, not like the day to day real estate. Um, so that's really what I'm focusing on right now. Not just, I just don't have anyone like a Grant Cardone or anyone that I'm just like eating, eating up right now. Yeah. I mean, you, you made some great points, right? It's watching not only what they say, but what these people are physically doing, right? The guys that we are inspired by that are at a level in their business or businesses or other different types of industries, and they've hit some achievement. There's a reason the rich get richer right? They find ways to continue to evolve. And if it's not the everyday tactical, what's on their blog for the day, it's how are they operating their lives? And those, that's where the real nuggets are. And I love that you made that point. And that's how a junior agent can follow a top agent. And sure, it might be about the tactical things day in, day out, but there's just, what are they doing differently, right? Where is their mindset at? Not just getting consumed with, well, I'm not them right now the key right there amazing what um so open houses for you you guys are opening back up that used to be a huge part of your business how excited is the group for that i know we're we're probably a quarter away from that but <laughs> we did have a moment of doing them for a while here in canada while our, our province was opened up and we allowed to do them um what are you thinking about that i mean how important how ready do you think the world is to allow that to happen and it to be a great lead source for us as realtors I, I don't think the world's ready for anything that comes at them. They just have to adjust when things happen uh, and change. Uh, I'm really excited for open houses. Uh, open houses consist of 25% of our business every single year. And we just had a record year last year and we didn't have a single open house. And this year we haven't had an open house yet. And we're already on track for another record year. We're actually at last year's numbers currently sitting today in May, and we haven't had one open house. So to state that I'm excited is an understatement um, only because we, you know, as a team, the one beautiful thing about a team is that listings can be consumed through the whole team, not just one individual, and you can expose it and use it for everyone's strength. So we... Our listing, uh, our listing agents that get listings, let everyone on the team use it and abuse it and really, you know, use it to, to make them, you know, make them look better, expose it. Uh, so getting open houses again and letting the agents go in there, we double in a lot of business and uh, we try to double in a lot of business and uh, we try to feed our family first. We've always been like that. Uh, so if, you know, we have competing offers, you know, we're, we're going to be very fair to the seller and make sure they, they know all of it. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you can control both sides, I feel that there's an advantage to the seller. Uh, so on that aspect alone, I'm I just literally cannot wait for open houses again. Yeah. I mean, so many of my friends are down there with you guys in California and you're seeing everybody posting what the governor's putting out or whoever's putting that stuff out there. And I know we're waiting for it, too. It'll um, come. Yeah, it'll come for sure. You know, what? I find during all of this as a list as a highly uh, geared listing agent because of COVID and the, and the, you as a listing agent just received more inquiries than you ever did because I found people were skipping the buyer agent. They were just going to the person with the media. They were going to the person who knew the home because there was one less person in between. 
I think that coupled with open houses opening again, puts the listing agent in such a powerful position to, like you said, own more of both sides of the transaction with, uh, and do you feel the same way? Man, I mean, I don't want to sound like, like crazy, but I mean, <laughs> that, that really is an understatement, uh, only because, uh, 2013 and 2014 is very similar to uh, what we're dealing with today. And at one point, I mean, we had eight transactions all tied to each other uh, in 2013, uh, only because, you know, what you're experiencing right now, I mean, you got to put yourself in a buyer's shoes. You know, if you're looking for a home right now and every home that you've went, you've written an offer on with your agent, or let's say you've written five offers on five different homes and you've got beaten out on 20 different offers, I mean, in your own situation, you're looking out for your, be your, your best interest. So your best interest would probably go into that sixth home and maybe try to call that listing agent to try to get yourself in there and try to get that home. I mean, I can't fault them for that. And even if my buyers who I'm working with do the same thing, I tell them, you know, like, I can't, you know, that's what you want to do. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to support you on that. And when you're controlling the listings, you're controlling the market and you're, you're more likely for that to happen a lot, especially in this market. And uh, to be honest, it's happening a lot. Yeah, man, I agree. I mean, list to last has always been the thing. Open houses have always been a traditional thing that a lot of uh, agents stopped doing and as a and uh, missed the mark. And I can't wait for them to open back up with that for you uh, and then us to follow. Um, I got another question for you, man. For years, um, you know, you've known me as a real estate investor. I've done a ton of stuff. And then you and Carrie have gotten into that kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and I know it's a huge part of what you guys want to continue doing. Um, what's one of your favorite things as a realtor that you need to remember about the incredible opportunity we have as real estate investors that many times we'll just go in day in, day out and work for tips, right? We'll just work for the commission, but you forget what we can, what we have access to, like insider trading almost is what it's like. Uh, tell me your favorite thing, or if, if as we were going to kind of wrap this up, about realtors who should be investing. Um, I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Well, someone put this to me a long time ago, and they said, do you know any stock brokers that do not own stock? Right. <laughs> I mean, Every single stockbroker owns stock because it's their profession. And like you said, insider trading, that term comes from the stock market. It happens today and it'll happen tomorrow. And those people are in a tight little group. And everybody wants to, to know an insider that they can invest in a new stock and get that IPO before it. I, I mean, it's a, it's a dream for people that they, they almost, most people never have an opportunity to have that. There is zero difference between that and real estate. I mean, we have the, the, the blue book, the blueprint for anything and everything real estate related. We get the listings before they even, before most people even see them. I mean, I'm, I'm a chump compared to like my broker, for example. Uh, he, right now, he's, he just told me last week, he's got 17 flips on his portfolio right now, currently sitting there. Um, that's a lot. And 90% of all his listings are coming from the MLS, our multiple listing service. Uh, he's not doing anything special. He's just being the first on the prize and a hundred percent. So to 
take advantage or just to not take advantage of being a real estate agent and using that into building out a real estate portfolio of some sort. I mean, the beautiful thing about real estate, you don't just have to own a home. There's so many different facets about real estate that you can invest in. Uh, It's a beautiful thing. And I think, again, just so you know why most people don't is because most people don't know how. Right. Yeah. And they, um, if you, if you thought, for half a second about the knowledge we have day in day out versus the average consumer who buys a house every five to eight to nine years. You know, I mean, we have, we forget so much about the process and the market every day that our consumers will never even know. So put that to use, find a way and that'll quickly replicate your commission earnings and everything else. Awesome, man. No, sure. I love seeing that. And, uh, and share the journey, right? Share your journey as an investor. That's what I did in 05 to 08 heavily that got my business in real estate from a commission standpoint up yeah. to where I was already in the top 5%. I just shared my journey. I, I was naive enough to just think people cared. And, and they, you guess what? They do, right? And you're authentically saying I'm a realtor without having to say I'm a realtor buy with me, right? Very much so. Jeff's, awesome, doing man. Per- Jeff's doing this perfectly right now, by the way. Yeah, Jeff is doing a fantastic job of it. And he's having a fun, right? He's doing he's what having a he blast. loves, right? And he's just sharing it, right? And, and don't, and I mean, that's the thing. Um, well, man, we've been chatting for about 40 minutes already on this. If you could leave us with maybe one more tip of the day or, you know, best practice that you've kind of been rocking with. I'd love to just pick your brain one last time and then let's send you off on your busy Southern California way. I mean, if there's any tip, I'm going to go down to really simple. Uh, Darren used the term naive. I use the term dumb. In all reality, it's the same thing. You know, when I get it, when I want to do something new or I want to try something, I just naively or dumbly go into it and just do the work. Uh, I am not smart. I didn't graduate college. I didn't do anything magnificent. I didn't cure cancer. But what I did was I just woke up every single day and did the exact same thing I did the day before consistently for a very long time. And then you look back and it's like these small things add up and they compound on themselves and they're all dividends. Totally. Yeah. You and Carrie are living a fantastic life. You've earned every penny of it and the freedom and the balance and the often unbalanced of it all. But it, it, it is a product of just simple things constantly. Um, well, thanks, my friend. Mr. Eric, you've, it's been so long since we've actually seen each other face to face in real it's life. good seeing but, you. Um, yes. Thank you for being here on the re-education podcast experience. Um, we need a quick selfie before I let you go. So give me Let's a huge smile. And we are going to crush this. And <laughs> there it is. <laughs> One, two, three. i love it thanks buddy well i'm gonna stop the recording and i will let you onward